Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Bulls Beat Podcast Show, the Chicago Bulls Podcast. Welcome back to the Bulls Beat, Bulls fans. I am obviously not Doug Tonus. This is Mark K from Australia filling in for Doug Tonus. And with me is the, the best D-grade uh, celebrity going around Chicago at the moment, I, in my personal humble opinion. It, it is C-Red Fred. Frederick, how are you? Mount McCullough. Doing well, my friend. Doing well. I'm hanging in there despite the devastating loss. It's always good to talk to you, my brother. And I'm, uh, thanks again for taking the point guard duties. I prefer to be the small forward today. Well, look, I, I put the poll out there on Twitter, like who would who would the people prefer to listen to or in terms of uh, not listen to, but who would they would prefer to host in Doug's absence and uh, 55% of people voted for me and I think it was only 46% then in, in your favor, Frederick. So uh, yeah, I'm taking point guard duties and um, yeah, l- l- let's see how I do here. Well, it, it kind of feels like an old Bill Bulls HU episode. In reality, let's be honest. Nobody knows what a D-grade celebrity is when it when it comes to me. They they, they think of me as either C or B. One E-grade? of those two. E-grade, exactly. Oh. I dare you. Uh, yeah, so I think everybody uh, was hoping for that, but we'll have to just, uh, I'm going to pass it over to you, my friend. You're, you're the Chris Paul of this pod, so you take it from there. I, I do got to ask you one thing. How are your, what is going on with you with your Twitter? This is bizarre, and I'm, I'm getting sick of it. Like literally, this week you basically copied one of my tweets and got like four times the likes. <laughs> what the hell well, is going I guess it on? Just here? Comes down to, I guess it just comes down to people respecting me more. No, to be honest it doesn't. With you, and um... you're doing something, and I, I'll figure it out eventually. <laughs> but I know you're doing what? something. There's something going on. What, what am I doing? Do you work for the Australian government? Be honest with me. Come on. <laughs> There's something going Why? on. Here. Why would the Australian government be plotting against C Red Fred to ensure that some random guy from Australia is getting more tweets, more likes, more retweets, whatever it is, for posting the same or similar stuff? Like, why would the Australian government be wasting their time? I've got a lot of enemies. A, I, I, a lot of my comments about Giddy and Chris Anstey oh. are causing a lot of issues in the past. Chris Anstey. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I think it's back. entirely possible yeah, somebody in the Australian government has it out for me because it seemed like. In like about a three week period, you went from like six thousand followers to like ahead of me, and I don't know how this is happening, but I will figure it out. I will figure it out, and when I do, uh, it will be back to normal. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Think about it. I suppose <laughs> you'll be there for a while. But um, oh, look, maybe maybe Cameron Bairstow has a, 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 a you know a relative in the government or something like that who's uh, seeing some of your tweets and is uh, plotting against you. Those were some of my but, finest um, moments. <laughs> finest moments. What did I always used to say? Uh, Ke- Cameron Bairstow has a horrible hairstyle. <laughs> something like that uh, i love that on. one anyhow well you know apart from our twitter um you know our twitter followers twitter accounts likes all that sort of nonsense because that's clearly why people have come to listen to that to, the, to this podcast but um the bulls actually played a basketball game last night uh at least a, a half of basketball did, did you manage to watch that good half at least i did uh i watched uh as much as i could i i, I will admit i actually turned it off to retire for the evening uh, right around the beginning of the fourth quarter when it was clear things were out of hand and the game was over. You know, but I just keep on pointing back to on 12-4, you know, people seem to have forgot we're, we're, we've won two out of three against this team. You know, I understand that Irving wasn't uh, playing in the first two, but, you know, he really didn't play that well last night anyhow. And, you know, what did we do? What was different in those first two games, especially in the game in Brooklyn that we won on the 4th of December? In that game, Kevin Durant shot 46% from the field, 33% from three. It was some of the best defense I've seen all year on Kevin Durant. And who was the guy who 
played him one-on-one for the majority of that those minutes was Derek Jones Jr. He played 32 minutes that night, and he went out in the first minute of the game yesterday with a knee injury. So we were literally down to our fourth-string power forward, and that's the position most often that's going to guard Durant. You know, So it's a huge blow. I'm not saying if Derek Jones Jr. would have played that we would have won that game. No, we probably would have lost. But in general, I think basketball fans and Bulls fans especially take one game far too seriously and, and take it, uh, get angry about it. When in reality, I think we both admit the Nets are probably a better team, but they're not that much better. And we're only one move away, in my opinion, from being a contender, a real contender, and moving ahead of that, or at least equal to Brooklyn or the Bucks. What say you? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't believe the Nets are a better team than the Bulls. I, I think you can maybe talk me into them being uh, as good as the Bulls and having another gear uh, to maybe hit or another level they can hit because they have a you know a top three player in the NBA in Kevin Durant, something the Bulls don't have. So in that sense. You know, when Durant just goes into these God mode uh, sort of levels, like obviously they can maybe reach a level that the, the, maybe the Bulls can't. But I, I, I certainly take your point. And look, obviously I'm not in Chicago, so I don't necessarily hear the chatter, the noise, and maybe I'm, you know, ignorant to it to some, but maybe you can fill me in. Like what has been the discourse there 24 hours after? Like has Talkback Radio just been just, you know, a bunch of meatheads dialing in and talking about Bulls fans, uh, you know, the Bulls not really being a contender or like what what has been the general discourse? I would say the real fans are more measured. I mean, I, the real fans are definitely more measured. I think there is, though, a realization that we aren't as good as the Bucks or, or Brooklyn. I'm kind of shocked to hear you say this, to be honest with you, because there's no one more C-Red than me. But I would feel that we are the third best team in the East right now. What the team is currently constituted to do that huge – Huge issue at the power forward position. Now, in fairness, you're a little bit, I think, on another planet in terms of uh, love for <laughs> Javante Green. And you probably think that his return will suddenly make things A-OK. I don't view it that way. I think there's <laughs> there's still issues ongoing at that position. And Vucevic is kind of really bo- starting to bother me again. I got I to be honest with you, Mark. But I would say uh, at least half the calls I heard on, on Sports Talk Radio today were of the sky's falling. This is the same thing that happened in 2011-12. I mean, Nick Friedle was on the radio yesterday, and I called him to, you know, berate him about, you know, his stance, previous stances. If you look on it, everything Nick Friedle has said over the past five years has basically been wrong. He was against the Bulls matching the Kings' offer. He was against the DeRozan signing, uh, regardless of what he says. He, he thought that was a bad move. He was against, uh, you know, almost every every major move that this organization has made in terms of Zach Levine and building around Zach Levine. And, you know, so he's been wrong, right, and all that stuff. Yet he'll come into town and it'll say, <laughs> you know, look, look, I, what did I tell you? Look at Durant going off in the third quarter. What did I tell you? You guys are the idiots. And then he even has the audacity to, bro- to bring up what happened 10 years ago as, like, he was correct on that. And he wasn't correct on that, and I called him out on that. We didn't win 10 years ago because of injuries. It wasn't because he was correct. I think that should have been clear to anybody with an IQ over 50. What say you? Yeah, I mean uh- – I, I tried. I tried my best yesterday to avoid the the discourse because you could see it coming from a mile away, particularly in that third quarter. Like you could, you just knew the type of people, you know, who they were going to be as to who were going to have certain takes. And uh, your friend over there at the Sun Times was one of those dopes, Nick Friedle, obviously one of those <laughs> type of dopes as well. And like you, could, you just knew that they were penning a tweet or had something in the drafts there just in case this that scenario sort of went off and. 
you knew what their take was going to be. And had the Bulls won, they, they probably wouldn't have said much. But, you know, obviously the, the way it went, then uh, they were they were more than happy to sort of pipe up there. So, like, yeah, Nick, Nick Fridale is one of those dopes that uh, <laughs> I don't necessarily respect, respect from that point of view. Like, fair enough. Like, he, he might be a nice guy, but his Bulls takes are terrible. Um, and like your dope friend over there at the Sun Times, that who seemingly enjoys well, the Bulls losing more than than he does like yeah, them winning. Yeah, which is I, weird. I love how he it's came a, out and said the Knicks are are back because they beat the Mavs in a night when you know Luca goes one for nine from three, and yeah, they're back. You know, okay, <laughs> yeah, like talking about overrating one win and underrating one, you know, no, uh, overrating one loss on a same evening. Uh, I didn't see the. I didn't see many like outside of Nick Friedle. I saw that. I didn't see what uh, what what he said. Um, but the, the one thing that did bother me a little bit was Ryan Rosillo had a tweet, which was something yeah, to the effect yeah. of like, Hey, you know, what are they going to do with guarding Durant? What are they going to do about guarding, uh, you know, something basically, well, nobody has the answer to guard either of those two guys. We do have the answer to guard both of them. And Derek Jones Jr. I think is as good as anyone in the NBA in terms of guarding Durant. He has the length, the athleticism. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. I, I, but, no, um... no, I'm, well, I'm just saying. Yes, I do believe that. I thought he was fantastic on him in December, and I thought he would have done an admirable, admirable job yesterday. But it just unfortunately got hurt in the first minute. Why do you you always poo-poo him as some like second no, round? Yes, it's your Javante Greenlove. I've noticed this about you. You always kind of give <laughs> subtle shots on Derek Jones Jr. Like, eh, you know, all this stuff. Well, he's a better name an example. He's a better. Well, it's your con- consistent. Uh, you know, pr- praising of Javante Green in doing so, you're kind of dimish, di- uh, diminishing the greatness of uh, uh, Derek Jones Jr. I like Derek Jones Jr. I think he's an excellent player, and I think he's a very underrated defensive player. And he's a perfect type of uh, archetype to guard Kevin Durant. Now, I will admit, guarding Giannis, you'd rather have somebody more of the Patrick Williams mold, potentially. Um, <laughs> I guess. Regardless, I don't know if I want to go down that <laughs> rabbit hole. Nobody's going to fit. No. It's a team effort. Nobody's going to guard, you know, stop either one of those two guys. And I think we have guys on the roster who can do a good job at doing it. What say you? Yeah, but look, I, like, even Alfonso, Alfonso McKinney last night had some good moments on Durant where, like, he was literally in Durant's face. You couldn't ask him to do anything more. And... I thought he you know, was Durant terrible. still make the shots. I thought he was terrible. I'm not, I'm not suggesting he played well, but my point is, like, on the occasions that he did guard him well, Durant was still drilling jumpers. Like, Durant was just in one of those crazy modes where he was just going to make any shot that, um, you know, regardless of who was on it, he was going to make every single shot. Like, that's just how yeah. damn good Patty, Durant is. And Patty Mills hit every freaking, it seemed like a, another three, I'm going to have nightmares seeing him hit another three-pointer. He absolutely destroyed us. They shot 53% from three. End of story. I don't care if you're playing kindergarten ball or high school or NBA. The team shoots 53% from three, you're probably going to lose, and it's probably not going to be pretty. So that's why they lost the game, and... You know, I think perimeter defenders, we were down to our fourth string uh, power forward. I thought McKinney was terrible on the offensive end yesterday. He had nothing but open after look after open look. I think he was 2 of 10. I don't have it in front of me. Something like that. It, he was terrible. So, you know, regardless when Javante Green comes back or even if Derek Jones Jr. comes back, have you heard anything about his the injury, the severity of it today? Yeah. So, so he, if four to six weeks, it, okay. it, it will be for Derek Jones Jr. So, Thank God. I, it's still not ideal, but um, considering how it looked, it could have been worse, I suppose. I was expecting worse, but for it to be four to six weeks, uh, I'm assuming is good news. That's how I'm interpreting it, at Absolutely. least. So, yeah, he'll um, no yeah, be back damage, at some point right? this season. Yeah, it's, it's no, not, it's yeah, not yeah, as I, I believe it was just a bone bruise. Thank God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 
it, it's yeah, crisis averted in that sense, not a long term injury, but you know he'll still be missing at least a month. It, it would appear, but yeah, I, I look, I, I I don't want to rag on you know McKinney for example, like. A couple of weeks ago, this dude wasn't even in the NBA. He was a, a 10-day signing, played well enough to get onto the uh, to the actual roster, which was good. And, you know, ultimately, if all things considered, he's a guy that's not really going to be playing much. He's a, a third-string guy at best. But to then be thrown into a situation where, you, you, you know, you within the first couple of minutes of the first half and then the start of the second half, you're starting a game. And not only are you starting a game, you're going up against the best damn scorer in the NBA. Like... I don't know. Like, what, what what do people expect? And you're already without Caruso. Like, the Bulls' defense has been slipping already because of their their lack of point of attack defense, which has just caused problems all over the court. People like to blame that on Vucevic, and I think they're entirely wrong. But it, it starts with their guard defense. And with, without Caruso, without Javante, without Derrick Jones Jr., you're asking a lot of guys like of McKinney and um, even Io was like, yeah, but, overmatched last night. All right, let's, let's just stop there. Though. It is part of the issue, though. Yeah, I yeah. understand what you're saying. We're missing our two best perimeter fen- defenders for this this whole period in Ball and Caruso. But I don't I don't care what you f- say about Vucevic. He's not a great rim defender. There's an issue there. We don't really have an answer. In that we traded away Gafford. Our you know we just don't really have a great rim defender. And I, I somebody told me a stat. I think I brought this up on the last show we did with Doug that. Uh, he's got the the the, the opposition is shooting the best in the restricted area. Out of any other center in the league, um, has the best, highest field goal percentage in a restricted area against Vucevic. And to me, that kind of seems like, yeah, it's true. Like what, what Vucevic does well, he's got good hands. He he rebounds really well, but he's not great at protecting the rim, and it's an issue. Like it's part of the reason. I agree. The primary reason is the absence of Caruso and and Ball, but it doesn't help. Like we need to address this issue. And I didn't listen to your last Bulls HQ. I highly recommend it. Now that you got Will on all the time. Um, but, uh, <laughs> not that I, not that I didn't recommend it before. I just rec- recommend it more highly. Not, 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 that, not that you've listened to it, but now you're highly recommending <laughs> I it. Will, yeah, I will on. check it out later, but I'm getting the sense by some of your comments right now, just by yeah. the fact that you, you don't think we have to make a deal. Like you think we're fine right now to go into the playoffs at the power forward position with the team is currently constituted. And I couldn't disagree more. Like we're not going to get where we need to be with Javante Green and even, Derek Jones Jr., who I like a lot. What say you? You disagree well, with me. Um, well, I disagree with what you just said there because and it, it makes it very clear to me that you haven't been listening to Bulls HQ or haven't been listening to me when I speak to you on this podcast either because I am very much for a trade for a Jeremy Grant or a Harrison Barnes. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, you just said, about? You, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go said. into the playoffs with Javante starting at power forward. I don't want Derek Jones starting at power forward. I want them both on the bench. But Hell, I would trade either of them if it means getting an upgrade. What are you talking about? You just What I'm talking about is you just told me me that you thought that we were the better team how can you possibly say that based on who we have at the power forward position you just said we're better I than the nets better i said i don't think the nets are better i didn't say the bulls are better what is this semantics is this a philosophy class what are you talking about it's no, the same I'm just thing correcting you it's the same what are you thing talking about what do you think the nets <laughs> I, I need to sit down for a second do you think the nets you are, are sitting down <laughs> <laughs> do you think the nets are better than the bulls no I do not. Okay. No. Why, Tell me why why are the Nets better than the Bulls? I think they're a better team because Durant's better than our best players, number one. I think Harden is equal to our best players when he's on. 
which he will the, be. Why the, the Lakers better than the Bulls? Are the are Lakers better than Bulls? I, given I, that I, LeBron is better than Zach Levine and and slightly um, better and Demar. No, no, no. Dur- LeBron is slightly better. Only slightly, although he's been playing an incredible level lately. Is only slightly better than Zach and and um and and uh, Dur- uh, Demar. Are the Denver Nuggets better than the Bulls? No, there's not enough around. De- uh, I, well, I just gave you like, one, despite I, having the best, yes. despite having the best player in basketball, who, in my opinion, Jokic is the best player in basketball at, at the moment. Probably true. Um, Probably true. Despite having the best player, like they're not a better team because so it t- ultimately comes team down to them sucks who, outside of yeah. exactly. But that's my point. Like I, I, I can, I can sit here and say Giannis is amazing and Durant is amazing and they are equally as good as as Jokic. But I don't believe in the team around them. Like if you're gonna have Kyrie missing half of your games, he's still not back full time. So it's really just Durant and Harden. And beyond those guys, like who has been the most consistent net for them? It's been Patty Mills. But after that, like who are they playing? Yeah, they Patty were starting Mills two rookies yesterday. I, hold on, a second. Patty Mills is Let, really let's good. Let's start out with Patty this. Mills. Let's play a game here. We're at the Lifetime Fitness. We're not, we're not playing the YMCA. <laughs> no, no, no. I just want just this is a good one. We're at the Lifetime Fitness, and there's the three a best lifetime. players on the Bulls versus the three best players on on, on the Nets. Who wins that game? Uh, pro- the, Nets the Nets win. Yes, yes, the Nets win. And if the three best players on the, the Bucks play the Bulls, who wins? The Bucks uh, win. The Bucks win. Yeah, maybe. I think that's close. It might be a little bit closer. It, I. Mark, we need a power. Breaking forward. news, That's though, Frederick. Saying. Basketball isn't a three-on-three competition. Oh, like, gosh, there's more I than. You were tell me something. <laughs> there's a trade. No. I'm using this to my, prove my... a point. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. Is that I still think they're going to be favored, and unless we do something to address this massive hole at the four, we're not going to beat those two teams. We might not. Only, we might only have to beat one. Somebody just sent me a stat about Miami that they're 11 and four without uh, Butler and and. Um, Bam. Bam. That's insane. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. they're going to be a problem too. Like, I think we can beat them. I'm not worried about that. No, there's only two teams I'm worried about. But, yeah, I want to get to the finals. I want to win this whole thing. And we got to do something at the four. And you're just telling me right now, oh, no, we're better than them. I don't believe that. I don't I don't think we are better than them. I think we're like – I didn't say they're better than them. I said they're not better than them. I said the Nets are not better than the Bulls. The Bulls are not better than the Nets. I think they're of the same value or the same level. Oh. Can the Nets reach a gear that maybe the Bulls can't hit because of Kevin Durant? Yeah, sure. But I don't think that ultimately makes them better because, you know, there's five players on the court. There's 12 players that go around on each team. Like, it all matters. Like It, it does. I, I don't think they are better. The Bulls have won two uh, two of the three games they played against the Nets. Like, people forget that element. I, I, everyone was banging on about that one game yesterday because it was a big, huge, nationally tele- televised game. But people have all, all already forgotten the two games the Bulls have beaten. Well, I think Nets. that's We're because Irving didn't play. Five, if, that Irving didn't play sorry? in those games. That's because Irving Who didn't play. Who cares? Irving played yesterday and he was terrible. Not, <laughs> he was terrible in the first half. He played a little bit better in the second half. Regardless, you got to pay attention to him. It's not like he's running sure, out there like Javante Green. The game. Uh, let, let's let's go. I got a, I got a question for you. Let's let's put this behind it. I think we have both come to the uh, conclusion. So let's just get this straight one time. You're saying the Bulls are equal to the Nets. Fine. Yeah. Fine. You're saying they're equal. Are they equal to the Bucks? Uh. I worry more about the Bucks than I do the Nets, to be honest with you, because there is no option for Giannis, and I, I fear Giannis way more than I fear Durant. Um, so I, 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 I can't believe you're saying. I'm, I'm going to put the Bucks on the same level as the Bulls at the moment because the Bucks. I mean, they lost to the Pistons the other week. So like, I mean, every <laughs> every team is going to have a terrible game. So uh, I, I, I think they're shocked. all on the same level at the moment. Uh, Giannis is a fantastic player. Why would you fear him? F- 
far more than did you not see what he did in the finals did you not see what kevin durant did in the, in the playoffs so like why why is kevin durant had far less around him than than Giannis did kevin durant yeah you got to guard kevin durant I think is a game more. Uh, they're both great players let's not get into a debate you know who's significantly better or not but this is an important question i brought up with waddle and sylvie today so you know grant the, all my sources tell me he's available from detroit um, <laughs> but by all your sources, do you mean like, uh, well, my, you know, Woj or Shams or <laughs> things you read on the internet? <laughs> my sources are the sources of the sources. Uh, yeah. You can take it from there. But, uh, my source read an internet article from a source that said, go on. Okay. That's pretty good, Mark. Very good. Uh, so my sources tell me Grant's available from Detroit. In order to acquire oh, yeah. him, you have to give up Kobe. Yeah. Or Williams, you have to give up one of those two players. Which one yeah. of those two would you give up, or would you even do well, it? You had, you, Let's start with that. I would, I would give up uh, Pat Williams. I think in that instance, um, before I would give up Kobe. Not because I think Kobe is better, or will be better, or anything of that nature. But I just think if you're, uh, you would want to replace a like to like type thing. If you can get a a fully realized version of Pat Williams now, whilst keeping a different archetype of player like Kobe, who's been really damn good the last two, three weeks, um, I would prefer to give up Patrick Williams in that instance anyway. And I would assume the Pistons would rather Patrick Williams than Kobe White, just because I think he makes more sense on their team than um, than Kobe does. So uh, yeah, I, I would give up Patrick Williams. Yeah, that's a good question. Like in general, I wonder where the 30 GMs feel, which feel what they would feel is the is the better asset. I think it's entirely possible right now they might say Kobe White. No, I don't think so. He's only got one more year left on his deal. Patrick's got two, three, depending on when you acquire him. So uh, he's got more value. He's a big wing. You could you could easily talk his, you talk yourself into his upside a, a lot easier, I would imagine. Yeah, but if you look at you know just performance as a rookie, I brought this up in his last ten games as a rookie, uh, as a nineteen year old rookie. By the way, Kobe White averaged like twenty five points, four rebounds, and three assists on like 40, 46, 40, 90 shooting splits. Patrick Williams has never had any stretch remotely close to that in his rookie year, in those 71 games that he played. Like all you're doing with Patrick Williams is really just strictly buying on potential. As far as what his performance actually was, I don't see how you can argue that he's performed better as a rookie than Kobe White did. And more importantly, Kobe White's shown a lot more now this year than Obviously, Patrick did before he got hurt. It's not a lot of big, you know, big uh, series of games. I do think Kobe White in some quarters would be worth more than Patrick Williams. Am I insane to think that? Uh, yeah, look, I would say yes. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I don't think okay. I don't think that would likely be the case. But I think for this Bulls team, Kobe probably has more value at the moment than, you know, like Patrick Williams. Yeah. Obviously, that's... An obvious statement, given that Patrick Williams isn't playing. But if you can get a a similar player for 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 Patrick Williams, and like I said, a realized version of Patrick Williams for Patrick Williams, and keep Kobe in the role that he's had, I think that adds a lot of value to this team. Whereas, you know, if you're trading Patrick Williams to get another Kobe-like player, then that doesn't really make a lot of sense. So, I don't know. Maybe you keep Patrick Williams, and maybe you trade Kobe for a Kobe-like player. I don't know, like. Would you would you would you go after someone like Norman Powell from the Blazers, for example, to be that bench scorer, or a Terrence Ross, and in doing so as as part of a three team trade, let's say Kobe goes somewhere else, or maybe the Blazers would like would like Kobe. Who the hell knows? But I guess my point is, like, if you were to trade Kobe for a realized version of Kobe, one that's maybe more consistent than 
someone that gives you a two to three week stretch at the moment like Kobe has had. I, I, I don't know. But I, I guess if the point is to, to go and grab Jeremy Grant, who would I rather give up? I would rather give up the guy who's not playing at all at the moment. And you would add someone like, like uh, Jeremy Grant in place of Patrick Williams. And then you would keep Kobe in the Kobe role at the moment. So that would be ideal. But um, yeah, you know, we'll obviously find out in a month or so if it's even possible. I will admit I admire your uh, tweet about maybe one day Patrick Williams will be as good as Jeremy Grant. I really think you put yourself at risk with that tri- with that uh, tweet. Uh, <laughs> engendered much anger by it. Um, but I, I, I have to kind of quasi-agree with you. Um, believe it or not, the poll that I put out, almost 500 votes, what would you guess the fan base is saying? Trade Kobe, trade Patrick Williams, or I don't want Grant. What's the breakdown? Uh, interesting. Um, I would say... Is the majority I don't want Grant? Yes. 35%. Yeah. What's 35.9%, which let me just say, say I'm just shocked at. Like I've meditated on this Grant Grant's role in Denver. <laughs> he'd be perfect for this team. I think he'd be perfect for yeah. this team. Not a great three-point shooter is the only possible issue, but gets to the line, shoots at 85% rate. Uh, he When he's out on the court, people will pay attention to him on the court. He's going to create – uh, other opportunities for other players just by his mere presence on the court. It's absolutely insane. Somebody wouldn't want him, but go on. No, well, look, I mean, in a more role-playing role, let's say, his last season in OKC and then his last season or a singular season in Denver, uh, he was shooting 38 39% from three in those roles, like two successive seasons, back-to-back seasons where he did that. Now, maybe that's because he had less defensive attention. He was just spotting up for catch-and-shoot type opportunities. Sure. That I'm not 100% sure, but that, that would be my assumption. Um, certainly wasn't shooting the same volume, like roughly three and a half, four threes in those seasons versus when he's in Detroit, you know, shooting five or six threes per game. And maybe that's why he's not shooting as efficiently because he's taking more difficult looks and particularly on that Detroit team, like they don't have a lot of players around him to help create scores for him. So maybe that's why his percentages have dipped some, but I don't know, like... If Patrick Williams was capable one day of averaging over 20 points per game in the NBA, like Jeremy Grant has done in, in his last two seasons with the other uh, Pistons, granted, again, the Pistons are a bad team, but if, 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 if Patrick Williams was able to average 25 and three, would people not be happy with that? <laughs> I know. I know. I don't know so, if he's capable so, of it. Like, I don't actually believe well, Look, I don't think he is as well. But, like, when people say, or when I say, like, if Patrick Williams becomes Jeremy Grant someday, like, that would be a good thing. Like, why would they not want Jeremy Grant right now <laughs> if, 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 if they could get, you know, that version of Patrick Williams I, who can average maybe 20 and 5 and 3 in, in the right situation? Because they think he's going to be like Kawhi Leonard. That's why. And, yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah. and if. And the only reason why they think that, it, I swear to God, if, if Gar Pax drafted Patrick Williams and and uh, Acme drafted Kobe White, this conversation wouldn't even be happening. Like people would be demanding that Patrick Williams traded out of town, and you know that. But but because he was the first pick, you know the the first pick of uh, Acme in the current administration, that's why everybody feels like this guy's going to be automatic. And no GM is perfect; they're going to make mistakes. So uh, I. I hope he's good. I don't think he was. I think it, I'm. I, I would argue. I don't think I've ever seen a player's rookie season more overrated than Patrick Williams. I'm very few times I, I left a game saying, "Man, what a performance by Patrick Williams!" But that doesn't mean he can't be good. I think he could develop into be becoming a very good player. Big picture, uh, you take Kobe White, Kobe White off this team. We, we, all you're doing is creating another hole with a bench score. He's so important to this team in terms of yeah. hitting the three and. and you know, as a scoring punch off the bench that 
I think people are far underrating his ability to help this team. I'm shocked at it. In, in your meditations over Jeremy Grant, do you, did you recall via this, you know, luminary thinking of yours, did you did you remember who drafted Jeremy Grant? <laughs> uh, was it Acme? Was it really? It was Arturis? No, it wasn't Acme. No, it wasn't. Do you know, do you know who it was? Sam Hinkie? It was. Are you kidding me? I did not know yeah. that. I did not know that. So explain to me how he got to Denver. Uh, that I can't remember. You, oh, yeah, you, he, he went. To, he went to OKC for a bit there for a few years, and then was traded to Denver for a first round pick or a couple picks at, at one stage. Going from memory, I'd have to look into it. Yeah. But um, yeah, he started his career in Philadelphia. Wow, that's shocking. I did not know that. Well, Does that change your view about Jeremy Grant at all? No, a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while, so that's great. To, <laughs> <laughs> great to see. I, I, that's a, that's very interesting. Maybe you're right. Maybe I don't want Grant. Let me get on that uh, one third group. What would shock me, Mark, though, about the poll was 33% say trade Kobe and 30% yeah. say trade Patrick Williams. So it's a little bit closer than I expected. Apologize about my dog barking in the background. Anytime no, someone okay. uh, approaches, anytime an Amazon guy approaches with a another tremendous package, um, she goes nuts. Anyhow. Well, maybe your dog's trying to say trade Pat or trade. Like, <laughs> yeah. what, what is your dog going to do? Harper. Harper. Uh, I, let me ask her. I, I would say Harper is more uh, loves Kobe, I would say. So there you go. Yeah. Anyhow, we'll see where that goes. Fair enough. Well, I mean, like, does the injury of Derek Jones Jr. change things of what the Bulls potentially could do at the deadline? But maybe as an extension to that as well, it seems like the Portland Trailblazers are going in for a tank now. Dane, Dame Lillard's going to be out for the next six to eight weeks with uh, an abdominal injury that's been plaguing him for a while, but he's having surgery on that, I believe. He's going to be out for a while. They're already like the ninth worst team in the NBA. You would feel that they're going to continue to lose if this is the case, but you know, you know, having said that, they did beat the Nets the other night. So as as, as much as Bulls fans want to go on a um, a tirade about the the Bulls Nets game, like the Nets literally lost to the a Blazers team without Damon CJ the other night. So I, I guess my point is like that bought, that Portland uh, pick that the Bulls are owed, although they got via the uh, the Larry Markman trade, which was lottery protected this season and for the next few seasons. To be fair, it doesn't seem like the Bulls are going to get that pick this season. So I don't know if that changes the value of that pick, but it's potentially an asset they could have included in the trade. Obviously, Derek Jones Jr. as well is someone that you could trade and you could still trade despite his injury, but maybe teams are less inclined to take him on. I, I would still assume they are, they are, but maybe the the, Port, the Portland pick, it not being the asset maybe we hoped it could be, do you think that maybe limits the Bulls' abilities to do anything at the deadline? Absolutely. I think they got two tradable assets. That's Patrick and Kobe. Uh, everybody else you're going to want to hold on to. I mean, IO technically would be a tradable asset. I think things are a lot more difficult due to make so little money. You know, obviously you're matching salaries and you got to get something in return for them. I don't want to see IO get traded. I really don't. I think that'd be a bad move. But if it means getting Grant, I'd probably come around to it and eventually agree to it. Um, I don't know about that. I have a special place in my heart for IO. I love tweeting. Uh, I'm just giddy. Yeah. Do you notice that? Do you notice I'm doing it on purpose? <laughs> yeah, I notice. I, I specifically don't bite on those tweets, but I've, I've definitely seen them and noticed them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm glad you caught that. Yeah. So I love tweeting those, uh, you know, just giddy about IO doing this or IO doing that. I'll continue that throughout the year. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, so oh, I don't, selfishly, I don't want to see him go, but you know, like, I think we're all in agreement here, and I, I'm glad you finally came around on this too. Like, we need to make a move at the power forward position if we want to win a title this year. Our only other hope is next year 
that we have, we, like Doug says, all these guys come back and play as well as they did this year. You see growth from Patrick Williams, and then we sign like a player like Thad Young potentially with a, you know, I don't know what we have. Do we have a mid-level exception? Do we have a next year? I don't know all the details on what we could possibly do, but it's a hole, man. It's got to be solved somehow, some way. Yeah, look, this is the thing. Like, I'm not, I'm going into next season expecting you're not going to get this from DeMar DeRozan again. Like, yes. What we're getting right now is was completely unexpected to this level. I was expecting DeMar to be good, maybe similar to what he was doing in San Antonio last season. But to go up another gear, to to have a career best year, you know, your age 32 season is uh, very, very unlikely. And Jamal Collier had a great uh, a great column actually on, on, on DeMar and just, you know, his renaissance here in terms of the, the season he's putting together with the Bulls at the moment. Like it's completely unexpected, I suppose, to us at least, maybe not to DeMar, but... My point is, like, you shouldn't be expecting him to replicate what he's doing now next season or even get better but just due to the age factor. At some point, he's going to drop off. Same thing with Vooch. So, you know, just just not going for it now and assuming things are just going to maintain into the next season. You get Pat back. Maybe you get some more growth from Kobe, Io. You get your mid-level guy in, whoever that may be, and, and you're an even better team next season. I'm, I'm not sure that's guaranteed. So uh, we, we shouldn't be expecting that, which is why I feel like this year is the year to go for it because... I'm just not expecting Demar to continue at this rate, but but maybe he does, and maybe maybe it uh it, you know it works itself out. But. Well, we're clearly already seeing that with Vucevic. I mean, he's he was with his last year with Orlando. Uh, he was shooting 40 percent from three on like six plus attempts per game. He's down at 33 percent as a bull, and almost every one of these attempts are wide open. As I said with Waddle and Sylvie, to me that was the biggest advantage or the biggest reason why we acquired him is you're getting a big that can pull out other bigs by hitting the three at an acceptable rate uh, to create lanes for Zach and Damar, and now he's not hitting it at a, at a rate that's is anywhere near 40%. I mean, that's a massive drop-off, seven percentage points. And that that's, that's from a great three-point shooter to below average, to almost poor. So um, we're seeing that with Vucevic. I wouldn't be surprised if we see – I don't expect Damar to take a, as much of a drop, but let's be honest, he's not going to put up all-NBA type of probably numbers next year. He'll probably still be very good, maybe get an all-star nod. But he's not going to get better, I don't think. I, I, that's impossible to me. And so, yeah, we have to go for it now. Um, I did want to ask you, were you at all down about the Cam Reddish trade to the Knicks? Cam as a potential option at the four for the beloved Bull. Did you see that trade, by the way? I did see that trade. And, and that's a, I was actually going to segue into that trade um, because we are installing a weekly segment here on the Bulls beat where you know Fred trashes the Knicks. That has... <laughs> it, it's just organically grown into a, a, a weekly segment, but um, maybe we've been a little bit more uh, forthright in it this week, given that the Knicks, literally hours before we re- recorded this, as you sort of alluded to there, Frederick, they they traded for for Cam Reddish. I, I don't think he's a four to me. He's a he's a three, mm. um, so he wouldn't have solved our problems. But it's interesting that they didn't really get him for that much, to be honest with you. Like a their twenty two first round pick and Kevin Knox, who is a complete bust. I believe that's all that was included in the deal, if I'm not mistaken. Is it protected? And then. Uh, I'm not 100% sure, to be honest with you. I, I didn't follow the news that closely because I don't really care because I'm not a huge Reddish guy, nor do I care about the Knicks. So, yeah, look, it's, it's an interesting one, but I assumed he was going to be included in a package deal with maybe John Collins or something like that. That was the the murmurings earlier in the week. Like My sources, which again are sources that I've read online, <laughs> that were suggesting that Reddish and you know John Collins potentially going to be traded out. 
um, as a package deal for Atlanta, but for whatever reason, they've just they've traded him to the Knicks, and it's interesting for the Knicks because they've they've got uh, Reddish now. They've added him to Barrett, and they obviously played uh, college ball together, and they played college ball with Zion before. And um, I'm wondering if that's the Knicks' angle here to uh, to maybe get Zion through in a, in a couple of years. Oh. God, you got to be kidding me! That's her angle. <laughs> Holy cow! Good well, luck. Good luck with that. Sense. You mean the guy who's uh, you know still not playing, who's hurt every five minutes? If that's that's that would be a typical Knicks gamble. I don't think that was her angle at all. And if that if that's a not protected pick, I mean it's possible it's a lottery team this year. That's a shocker to yeah. me if it's not protect if it's not protected. Yeah, regardless, I I, I kind of agree with you about Reddish. I've never been a huge fan. I know he played great in the playoffs last year, and I know that kind of resurrected his uh, his draft stock. But he, I didn't think he was having a fantastic year. I don't have his numbers in front of me. Um, I know he was definitely shooting better than he was previously, but he was like a 32% right around that for his career from three. This is a guy who's supposed to be a lead shooter. He's not great, in my opinion, defensively. So I'm not at all upset that we didn't get it, you know, that he wasn't on the, uh, the docket getting him. I did, though, however, like the John Collins discussion. And I'm a John Collins fan, and I was kind of surprised when I tweeted it out that he's available. I just wanted to see how people would react. I'd say it was resoundingly negative. And I'd like to get your opinion on that. Why would John Collins not fit with the beloved? Uh, I think he would, actually. Uh, John Collins is everything Larry Markkinen was supposed to be. Uh, I'll, I'll put it that way. To me, he's... He's the better shooter than Markkinen. He he rebounds better than Markkinen. He's obviously more athletic. He gets up there and dunks. He's he's noticeably improved his defense. He's noticeably improved as a passer. Um, he can create for others, unlike Markkinen can. So, like, I actually really rate John Collins. I've always liked Collins from basically his second year onwards. And uh, to me, that's when he started overtaking Larry. Um, but, yeah, I, I would love John Collins, but I don't think the Bulls have the, uh, the assets necessarily to get it done. But um, he would make a lot of sense because... He does have that uh, shooting option, but um, it seems like he wants a bigger role, more touches. And he's not necessarily getting them in Atlanta. I wouldn't say he would get them in Chicago either. So if he wants a greater role, a greater a greater chance to make a, a bigger a statistical impact, then I don't know if it's going to happen in Chicago. Great. Yeah. I think that's a pretty good analysis there too. I mean, he's obviously going to be like the fourth, uh, fourth option here. Yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what other teams around the Bulls do at the deadline. Like, I wasn't expecting the Knicks to be a buyer, and, and certainly not a buyer for a young guy like that, but that's an interesting move. But uh, there was reports as well going around today from um, Jake Fisher, I believe, that's someone like PJ Washington is available from the Hornets or potentially available. Oh, yeah. Um, really? But, yeah. That'd be so, a guy I'd be absolutely uh, interested in. Talk about a guy who's able to pull people out from the, the paint to create space for other players. I love I always liked him. Uh, I love PJ Washington. He would be a fantastic adding. He would be a perfect guy to put next to Vooch. Um, so yeah, I really, I, would, I really like PJ Washington. I would, I would hope the Bulls go after him. If that's like a a smaller move, like if you can't get a Harrison Barnes or a Jeremy Grant, and you want to go for a similar type player, but maybe he's like a a tier below, let's say, then 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 someone like PJ Washington would be a fantastic addition to this team. Um, I don't know what it would take to get him, but uh, I would be interested. Yeah, I would just come back and say, why would they do that, though? They've been playing so well lately. I think they had a big win. I can't recall. I remember seeing they had a big win. Was it last night? They beat somebody good. And I just remember thinking lately that they've been playing a lot better. The same thing with Sacramento. Sacramento's still in the hunt for a playoff spot for the first time in like 15, 16, 17 years. I don't know. It's been a while. Why would they move make those moves? I don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately. So for PJ Washington, I would assume it's a uh, 
a, a tax issue, like or, or not paying, yeah, not paying a luxury tax because we know the Hornets don't want to be a tax team. They don't want to have a huge payroll. Um, they've got a Cali Ubre in there, Miles Bridges. They're going to have to pay maybe more than what they were expecting there. Absolutely, um, they will. Yeah, Lamelo is going to be on a max deal in a couple of years' time. You know, PJ Washington is due a new deal very soon. So, like, maybe they're just trying to trade him now rather than having to get to the point where he's a restricted free agent and losing him for nothing. So, um, yeah, but maybe they're, maybe they're planning ahead. I guess is my point, and uh, don't necessarily want to pay him his next deal. He's probably his next deal is going to get eight to ten million per. Um, so maybe they're just trying to do that. So th- that would be my guess. But I, I would hope that the, that the Bulls are in on PJ Washington because I, I think he would be a fantastic addition. Absolutely. It would probably cost you a significant player, though. I, I would, If I were in Charlotte's uh, shoes, well, would it Kobe White uh, be similar salary? Would it, that still put them in a – Kobe White's probably making less than PJ, I imagine, right? I don't know. Let's not, uh, let's no, not do a big dive on it because it's just a waste of time. It's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair I, I okay say, that's not happening I, I will say we, so, can, we can forget about PJ you, you brought up a great point about Grant though I do want to finish with this because I think it's something that needs to be said like there's a massive difference between so he as we brought up and a lot of people have brought up to me shooting 33% from three yes he's not shooting as well as he did before because every time somebody plays the Detroit Pistons the best perimeter defender on the team is usually going to be assigned to him and when he was on Denver, that didn't happen. So he was getting better shots because the defense wasn't paying as much attention to him. If he comes to Chicago, the best perimeter defender is still going to be on DeMar. The best perimeter defenders are still going to be on Zach. He's going to have a lot more opportunities than he did in Detroit. So I actually think, yeah, he's not going to score as much as he's not going to have a total, you know, as many options to do so. But he's he'd be a great addition. I'm, I'm 100% behind the addition. Plus, he's a good locker room guy from what I hear. You want to finish with a story time? I got to get going. Yeah, let's let's do it. All you right, got, you got a story for us? I do, I do. And this is uh, this was reminded. Uh, I re- someone reminded me of this story, which I had completely blocked out of my memory after all these years, with the unfortunate <laughs> passing of Mike Nesmith. Do you know who Mike Nesmith is, my friend? Uh, no, Mar- I have no idea. Are you who kidding is, me? He was Nesmith? the guitar player for the Monkees. Mike Nesmith is oh, okay. is one of the most underrated songwriters in the history of rock. He Wrote Different Drum, which made Linda Ronstadt famous. Uh, if you haven't heard that song, Google it because it's a fantastic song. Never heard it. <laughs> All right. What, 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 what songs do the Monkees do? I've never really I can't Are you say kidding I've heard me? a Monkey song, you, but maybe I have. The Monkees to me is the most underrated band of all time, without a doubt. The Monkees sell. I'm a Believer was their biggest song. I'm a Believer, actually written by Neil uh, Diamond. You don't like that? Yeah. You got to be kidding me. No. Harper's barking now. I, I cannot believe what I'm hearing here. L- listen, I'm going to get – everybody who's listening to this who has not listened to the Monkees, uh, Pleasant Valley Sunday. Whoa. Just uh, YouTube that. Pleasant Valley Sunday, one of the best guitar songs ever written. It's fantastic. Anyhow, so the Monkees, though, they're not exactly known for uh, – so let's take a step back. I'm in high school, and uh, this is probably before your time. Do you, do you remember mixtapes? Do you remember mixtapes? These were tapes that people would make. Um, I, I do. I do remember cassettes. Yes. Cassettes. So, uh, All right. So cassettes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was the primary yeah. technology uh, right around 1990, <laughs> uh, I would still right, argue. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah. we were – I was a member of the St. Lawrence Viking basketball team and uh, as a part – everybody knew I was into music and everybody knew I had a fantastic taste in music and could play guitar. So everybody on the team – this was a great collection of players at St. Lawrence. We had – I'd say uh, 33% were uh, African-American, 33% were Hispanic, and 30% were white. It was like a good group of guys from different cultures. 
and it was an awesome experience. But before games, uh, we would play music, and uh, I was asked to come up with the mixtape for our our first game uh, uh, that season, our first home game, which I gladly did. And I I, I talked to the guys, everybody on the team, what did you want to hear, what did you want to hear? And people were just, you know, in love with everything I was doing. We had Beastie Boys on there. We had uh, Run DMC. We had, uh, I actually had Metallica song. I had Guns N' Roses. It was a great collection. We're all pumped up before the game. The problem was the referees for this game showed up about 10 minutes late, you know, some bad weather in Chicago. So they were late yeah, for the game. So just the, like you on this podcast. So the, so the, yes, exactly. Same thing. So the mixtape uh, ran out at a certain point and I started to sweat wondering like, oh my God, you know, I only made it for this amount of time and I can't, I couldn't recall what was on, uh, on the original tape. So there was another, you know, I taped over it to make the mixtape, right? Do you, yeah. do you understand what I'm saying? All right. So anyhow, yeah, yeah, we yeah, get yeah. to the end of it. <laughs> the referees show up in the gym and we get to the, I think the last song I had on there was a uh, Baba Riley by the who, and it went on forever. And I was yeah. like, please let's get this game started. So I don't hear this song. Anyhow, this song ends and the next song that plays, you can hear the tape cut off and it goes to what was under it, which was the monkey's greatest hits. And, uh, <laughs> I want to be free by the monkeys. If you haven't heard it, the lyrics uh, start out, uh, I want to be free like the bluebirds. And I remember, and it's an acoustic song. If you want to Google it, YouTube it. So we're all in the gym get doing layups and the music stops. And all of a sudden you hear an acoustic guitar playing and Davy Jones singing, I want to be free like the bluebirds. And I look over at my teammates, <laughs> Antoine Irving goes, did he say fucking bluebirds? <laughs> <laughs> And people were like, people on the whole team were disgusted for the next minute. I'm screaming, please shut it off. Shut it off. It's done. The, the tape is done. I'm screaming. The The whole gym is like quiet, like as they're wondering, why is this music playing? Why is Davy Jones and the Monkees playing before a basketball game? It, it seemed like it probably went on for a good minute, maybe a minute and a half. But anyhow, the whole tenor then when we get to the huddle before the game is Man, what the hell was that song? You know, everybody's getting on. Everybody's getting on me. Whoa, what, what are you listening to? What is that? You know, like I had to explain. Well, I, I taped over the monkeys. Why? Why the f you listening to the monkeys? <laughs> so it went from a great experience to we're opening up with uh, "I Want to Be Free" by the monkeys, and we ended up losing by about forty-five points. And I went for mm-hmm. the rest of that year. Everybody blamed that loss on me and Davy Jones and the monkeys. So did your did your cassette did your mixtape happen to make its way to the halftime huddle of the Bulls game last night with the Nets and maybe they heard the monkeys and maybe maybe that's why they were blown out in that second half. Maybe there. that's it. But go to YouTube and put "I Want to Be Free" by the Monkeys and then you can hear the song that was blasting in a gym with everyone was slack jawed. What the hell is good? I want to be free like the bluebirds flying by me. Oh my god, what a horrible day that was. Anyhow. There's our story time. <laughs> I, I it took me a oh, while. It took me a while to put that, keep that down. Uh, don't you have any kind of music that you listen to that you're a little bit embarrassed by? What about uh, the, what's that one no, under the really. dead and buried or whatever that horrible band was that you listened to? What was that called? <laughs> well, between the buried and me, I think it was. But uh, I don't really listen to that style of music anymore. So uh, what are you into? Yeah, Barry Manilow. Come on, you can admit it to me. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, definitely not Barry Manilow. I'm not. I'm more into. Uh, I was listening to some some good techno beats before I logged oh, on to here to, to have a chat with a chat with you. So uh, that's where Music I'm at Factory. The CC Music Factory. Is that what you're listening? To? What's techno beats? <laughs> I have, you ever heard of CC Music Factory? No, no, oh, I haven't. What was it? Another one you got to YouTube. Band? No, ninety. Okay. Really? How dare you? I'll put it on the list with monkeys and all the other crap that you've mentioned. So. Uh, but uh, yeah, this podcast is well and truly off the rail now, Frederick. Let's let's, uh, let's bring in the big red bus that's on the Bulls beat. That's not a really a big red bus or anything like that. I just wanted to say that for some reason. How did you think I went in, in Doug's place today? Did, did you think I did an admirable job? I was surprising you did. Uh, it wasn't as bad as I expected. Yeah. You really came through. Well, there so you go. You're definitely the uh, Mark McClug of our team. Mark McClug. <laughs> What's his name? Backup point guard. <laughs> Mac McClug. Oh, Mac McClug. <laughs> Shows how much I I don't know if you noticed, but I have a tendency to get names wrong, Mark. Oh, really? I haven't I hadn't noticed that before. Really? Okay. Well, that's an interesting development. Is Ryan A on the Knicks, by the way? What's going on there? We should bring this up. He in, was. This is the uh, were you because I don't think we talked about this. The no, we haven't, the no. funniest thing series of <laughs> trades and interactions all happened within a, about a week where it seemed like every minute I was getting a tweet. <laughs> About a player that you and I have argued about for years, getting moved to the Knicks or getting cut by the Knicks, it was very, uh, it was very irritating. The Valentine jokes, I gotta admit, I did chuckle a little bit, but uh, every guy we've talked about seemed to be involved in a in a Knicks maneuver over the past week. Am I right? We just missed well, David yeah, it, it Nwaba. <laughs> well, yeah, he's still around. He's still on the Rockets, but um, not out of the league just yet. But um, maybe the Bulls should trade for David Nwaba. He could play some power forward for them. But uh, we're seldom. Yeah, it was. It was, <laughs> <We're laughs> it was seldom was on the Knicks. I don't know if he got cut to make way for Archie Diakno. He did. Or he did. He had to get cut for uh, Valentine. But it was amusing that Valentine got traded for Rondo of all people to the Lakers, <laughs> then was going to get cut by the Lakers. But then the Knicks came in and traded for Valentine, who then immediately cut him to then sign Archie Diakno. And then Valentine made his way to the Jazz, who are now on, on a, like a, a oh, crazy dude. losing streak, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> he played <laughs> so. yesterday. I got to look and see what he did. But uh, yeah, that was funny. Probably I gotta, nothing. I got to admit that was hilarious when... Uh, you know, the worst part about it was I, I made a tweet. I didn't read the entire statement when I heard that Valentine got traded to the Lakers. So I put up a tweet <laughs> to the effect of, hey, believe it or not, the Lakers are a better team today. And then <laughs> somebody responded, hey, look at the whole t- tweet. And then he got cut. <laughs> I was like, I, <laughs> I stand by my tweet. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah. Bad teams like uh, the Lakers and the Knicks and these sorts of 500 teams, they're, they're taking a chance on guys like Archie Diakno and, uh, and Valentine. But um, something tells me those guys will be driving Ubers sooner than um, <laughs> getting back on an NBA team. Uh, but not, we'll see. Not Denzel. We'll see. He's still he's still kicking. Still kicking, brother. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, what a great place to end this episode of uh, the Bulls beat. What a great installment of the Bulls beat. No Doug Tonus this time around. Hope you're well, Doug. Uh, Hopefully next week you are back that way. I don't have to play point guard again. But um, we look forward to Doug's return. We look forward to the listeners tuning back into Bulls Beat next week. But uh, Frederick, appreciate you joining me on this episode. Thank you to all the, all the listeners. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next this time next week. Take it easy, brother. Godspeed, my friend.